For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. The Denver Nuggets get back going tonight. Of course, they have a, uh, usually you used to call these home and homes, but a, a, they, a, it is really a home and home for the home and home for the Denver Nuggets who play two straight home games against the Portland Trailblazers, but they will do it with the day in between. They get the Trailblazers tonight. They get the Trailblazers again on Sunday. Joining us now to discuss it is the Denver Gazette's Vinny Benedetto. Of course, you heard Vinny on the show before. You can follow him on social at vbenedetto. Uh, Vinny, thanks so much uh, for joining us with the Nuggets now at this stage with uh, the All-Star game looming. Nikola Jokic misses his last game. The Portland Trailblazers had maybe their win of the season when they toppled uh, Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo as the Bucks came into town. How did the Nuggets feel about Nikola Jokic? Obviously, with the situation with Joel Embiid, rest now for uh, top-tier players is, is a little bit being questioned, but... What's the latest on Jokic, and what do the Nuggets really have planned for this year? How much of this is just? How much are they worried really about fatigue? Yeah, we'll find out for sure in the next uh, ten or fifteen minutes when we get Michael Malone pregame. But I feel like this was uh, the missing the Oklahoma City game was more of a um, preventative measure than it was something to be alarmed about. Um, you know, the last few weeks and, and for most of the season, whenever he's come out of the game, he's had some sort of like medical wrap around his lower back. Um, and I think, you know, earlier in the season when he didn't make the trip to Los Angeles for the Clippers game where Reggie Jackson and DeAndre Jordan had those great games, uh, he stayed at home for both those trips. So it wasn't like um, there was ever really a chance he would play. Um, so I don't think there's, there's a ton to be alarmed about, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him back out there tonight. Really? Because uh, I was going to be, and, and I know, again, Malone speaks at 5.15, and, and we'll know a lot more then. Uh, this isn't hockey. They usually aren't quite as coy about uh, injuries, uh, uh, especially minor ones, that uh, aren't going to keep someone out long. But uh, as far as necessity is concerned, um, I, I thought the Nuggets played very hard the other night. They knew it was an important game. Uh, they fell a little bit short. Uh, even with its win the other night, Portland is still 15-33, and 33, uh, ahead of only San Antonio in the Western Conference. Shouldn't the Nuggets expect, with or without Jokic, to win twice this weekend? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those deals, like, um, Jokic wants to play if he can play. Like, getting him to take games off in the past has been an issue. Maybe something has changed a little bit now that he's had uh, he's been exposed to those long postseason runs. Maybe he's a little more willing to uh, take a rest night or a preventative measure night. But for the most part, I think he's a guy who um, who wants to be out there. And, you know, yeah, to your point, though, whether or not he plays, they, they should go 2-0 Friday and Sunday. Right. 
Yeah, and uh, for for the Nuggets at this stage, you know, they find themselves in a pretty tightly packed top of the mm-hmm. Western Conference, and and we've argued this on the show a few times for for the Nuggets. You know, this team is good enough that you're looking at inexperienced teams ahead of them, perhaps in in uh, Minnesota to a lesser extent, Oklahoma City to an extent, in which we'd argue that we'd still, even as lower seed, believe the Nuggets would be the better team. How much of the, the this season has been managed in the way that the Michael Malone and even the Nuggets players have kind of here and there, especially earlier in the season, perhaps we're sleepwalking through a couple of games. Have you gotten the impression that that is tightening up, or is there a massive amount of concern because uh, being in the top four spot for the Nuggets looks almost automatic? Yeah, and I think, I mean, we look at the last 10 games. Last time I was on was before the Boston game was, was earlier in that pretty pretty uh, pretty tough 10-game stretch and to go 7-3 and three in that stretch. And, you know, one of those losses obviously coming in a close game where Nikola Jokic doesn't play on the road. I think I think you got to be pretty encouraged with, with where the Nuggets are at. And I think, um, yeah, they've certainly dropped some games, you know, in the first 49 or 50 games of the season that we wouldn't have chalked up, um, you know, when you're just looking at the schedule before the season. But um, I think, if anything, some of that had to do with guys playing themselves into shape to start the season. It was, uh, you know, long run through the playoffs and quite a celebration afterwards. So I think some of those those losses that we wouldn't have predicted earlier in the season had, had maybe more to do with that or a little bit of a championship hangover. But I think, uh, you know, these last 10 games, looking at those, it's a it's pretty encouraging sign that these guys are, are gearing up, you know, to be at their best when it matters most. It is uh, interesting, and I know a lot of these games, particularly the ones against Houston, were earlier in the season but that they are 2-6 and six against Houston and Oklahoma City and 31-10 and 10 against the rest of the league. So <laughs> apart from those two teams who have both beaten them three times, the Nuggets mm-hmm. have done just fine regardless of injury, uh, regardless of timing, regardless of home and road. They're winning more than 75% of their games against 27 of the other 29 teams. Yeah, including back, Boston. But, including Boston. I, I think, you know, those Houston games, I wouldn't be surprised if Jamal Murray missed. You know, I think maybe two of those were during his hamstring injury. Right. Um, at least. Which, you know, yeah. obviously not ideal. But um, you look at some of those games. And, like, or I, both Houston and Orlando, I think, are, are pretty talented young teams that would obviously get up for a chance to beat the defending yeah. champions. So it's not, all, it's not all just, you know, the Nuggets, you know, not being at full strength. I think there's a, a piece to – going up against young teams who see themselves as championship contenders, maybe not this season, but in the next I agree seasons. with you, and they aren't afraid of the Nuggets. I, you're exactly right to throw Orlando in there, because if you throw Orlando, it's 2-8 and eight against Houston, Oklahoma City, and Orlando, and 31-8 and eight against the rest of the league. Uh, but but they, uh, do you agree with that theory? Do you, because I, I think there are two ways of, of, of looking at it, that you know maybe the Nuggets would... Uh, struggle some against teams who have had championship level experience, even those like Boston who have not won a title, but they've handled those teams pretty well. It's the young up and coming teams who haven't learned to fear the nuggets the way golden state and the Lakers obviously fear the nuggets golden state and the Lakers have no confidence under any circumstances that they can ever beat Denver out of a ball game. Yeah, I'm definitely with you, I think, on those two teams kind of having their, their chances. You know, that, that door seems pretty close. You know, Vinny, with the, the trade deadline now less than a week away, the, the, the Nuggets, because of their salary cap situation, 
probably does not have the, they don't have the wherewithal or the ability to make a trade. But obviously, they would probably like to add a little bit to the bench. Maybe the buyout market is a better place to, to go shopping. But for this trade deadline, presuming the Nuggets are sitting it out, is there any concern about any of the other teams in the West making significant moves that might threaten them? Yeah. Um, you know, looking at Oklahoma City, I was there on Wednesday, if I have my days right. Um, they've got all the assets in the world. If they want to go out and kind of push all their chips in and go for it, in the next season or two, they could do it. Um, but I think, it, you know, if they don't, I think they'd be wise to hold on and extend their timeline a bit just because um, what does one veteran do for this young team right now? You know, maybe it helps them get to a conference finals, but I don't know if they would have enough to, to go all the way. But, you know, they're a team that – they were the first team to come to mind that, you know, if they pulled some of their draft picks and really went after it, that they could – they could just put together a lineup that would um, that would maybe concern some people. You know, I think they could really use a, a bigger true center than uh, Chet Holmgren. If there was a playoff matchup between the Nuggets and the Thunder, I think Chet Holmgren would be uh, in a pretty bad place physically by the end of it. We'll put it like that. Yeah, terrific way to put it. He is Vinny Benedetto of the Denver Gazette. Make sure you give him a follow at V Benedetto on social media for all the latest with the Nuggets because he is there with the team all the time. Trade deadline just uh, a handful of days away on the 8th. Vinny, thanks so much. I know that Coach Malone is about to speak, so we, we will let you go so you can catch that. Have a wonderful uh, evening and a wonderful weekend. Thanks for the time. Awesome. Appreciate you guys. All right. Thanks so much. Vinny Benedetto joining us. From the Denver Gazette, and when you look at that potential trade market, I mean, the, the Nuggets are just, they're out, okay? It's just that simple. They're out. They really cannot participate because some of the things have changed, remember, because when you deal with the new rules under the new CBA from a couple of years ago, especially when it comes to the taxes, it's interesting because now one of these changes is already in. Most of them start next year, but starting this season, any team that's above the first luxury tax apron can't sign a player that was bought out during the season unless that player's former salary was below the non-taxpayer mid-level exception. So, okay, if you wanted the simplest way of to explain it, the tax apron is about $172 million. Eight teams are ahead of that figure. The Nuggets are one of those. The others are the Warriors, the Clippers, the Suns, the Bucks, the Celtics, the Cavs, and the Heat. Obviously, the Warriors and the Suns and the Clippers are all, at least tangentially, in the mix. Those players can't; those teams can't sign anybody who was waived during the season unless his salary prior to being waived was below $12,405,000. So when you think about the guys that might be buyout candidates, right? You're thinking of uh, one of the ones that gets spoken about a lot, Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward... Would be a great fit for a lot of teams. But Gordon Hayward makes too much. He can't be signed by any of those teams. So when you get to the buyout level, it's a little bit different. Kyle Lowry, same thing, kind of guy. Mike, maybe the buyout, but you can't sign him. P.J. Tucker, can't sign him. The, the, the names that you know that you think might be significant enough to get themselves minutes on the Nuggets probably can't be signed by the Nuggets because the Nuggets need to go discount shopping even in the buyout. Not even because of their own cap situation but because they simply can't sign anybody whose contract was over $12.4 million at the time they were bought out. And that really is going to limit the amount of players that make an impact for Denver. 
this is kind of Sandy, but barring something strange, maybe a, a team really wants Zeke Naji and, and take that off of their hands, but that jumps to almost $9 million next year, which is a further reason that contract, I, I know the Nuggets were trying to make a tradable contract, but it was a bad choice. Now you're you're sort of stuck. What you got is what you've got. There's really no room for the Nuggets. But, to but there's nothing wrong with what they have, and and we keep saying that. And maybe our listeners are a little tired of uh, either one of us, if not both of us, saying that over and over and over again. The Nuggets knew at the beginning of the season that they weren't going to be able to do much mm-hmm. of, the, of anything at the trade deadline. That's why Calvin Booth at the beginning of the year talked about how a a, a dynasty may no longer be always in successive well, years. Yeah. Which it, I think it, is it, already it, the case, quite frankly, in the NBA. I, I don't know. Yeah, I I, I guess. But uh, I'd pick Denver with or without home court against the Clippers, Oklahoma City, and Minnesota. I'm only three teams ahead of them. And really, uh, of those three, only one is ahead of them, and that's Minnesota. Uh, they're two games ahead on plus-minus with respect to the Clippers, and they're one game ahead of Oklahoma City, even with – Lost the other night. Oklahoma City is supposed to win that game. They're at home. You're supposed to win your home games. Uh, you're supposed to lose um, even good teams about as often on the road as you win. That's the way it is. And that's kind of where the Nuggets are set up this year. The Nuggets have been a steady team. Uh, they won seven of their last ten games. No, they're not blazing hot the way the Knicks and Cleveland are at nine out of ten or uh, even Phoenix at eight out of ten, the Clippers eight out of ten. No. But those are four teams out of 30 in the NBA that have won eight or nine of their last ten. Nobody is Edmonton in the NBA at the moment. Nobody's on a long winning streak. Boston lost at home to a dramatically shorthanded Laker team. And, by the way, it wasn't just James and Davis who missed the game. They had others out, too. And they crushed Boston last night. And Boston was totally healthy, had all its guys. And the Lakers are always a rival. I don't care who they put on the court. And the Lakers basically blew out the Celtics. They had a huge lead for most of the game. Boston would make one or two runs. The Lakers would answer. The Lakers outplayed the Celtics. The Lakers are not a better team than the Celtics. But the Celtics have gone from being unbeatable at home to being eminently beatable at home. Uh, to the point where they've lost within, what, the last couple of weeks? Mm-hmm. When were the Nuggets there? Two weeks ago? Right. Yes. Roughly. All right? Yep. They've lost three games at home in two weeks. Have the Nuggets lost three games at home in two weeks all year? Not even close. No. Uh, Minnesota hasn't lost three games at home in two weeks, I don't think, all year. They had a bad loss to Charlotte at home recently. But my my point is you, you can worry about the Nuggets being 2-8 and eight against Oklahoma City, Orlando, and Houston. And to me, that's more of a legitimate concern than there being two and five against Minnesota, Boston, and Oklahoma City. And the Knicks. They throw in the Knicks game. But, again, the Knicks are red hot. The Nuggets lost to Cleveland earlier in the year. Uh, Not during the last ten games. Cleveland's won nine out of ten. But I, I keep saying this. The Nuggets had a bad loss at home to Houston. Early in the season, Houston was almost unbeatable at home. Right. When the Nuggets yeah. played them no, twice they, they started in a out short great. stretch of time. You're, you're right. Uh, they, they have literally had no other bad losses except at home to Orlando when Orlando was shorthanded, the way that the Lakers were last night. Mm-hmm. They had maybe even more shorthanded than the Lakers were last night, and the Nuggets had a huge lead literally the night after coming from what 
whatever it was, 18 points down in San Francisco to beat the Warriors. They had an 18-point lead themselves in the third quarter and blew the ballgame to Orlando and just ran out of gas. It was the second end of a back-to-back. They ran out of gas. They took Orlando lightly, and and they lost that game. I'll forgive them out of the 49 games they played, two stinkers. And the game the other night was not a stinker. They played without Jokic. They played about as well as they could have reasonably been expected to play. They played an outstanding defensive game against one of the top three or four offensive teams in the league. Yes, Oklahoma City was a bit shorthanded, but they weren't missing a Jokic. And they did have Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who was the MVP candidate on their team. And they did have Chet Holmgren, who's a hell of a player. But, you know, losing to 105-100 to Oklahoma City was not a bad no, loss. No, there's no shame Losing one of these games to Portland with or without Jokic would constitute a bad loss. I suspect, and we'll find out soon enough, we'll let you know when uh, as the show goes along, but I I do suspect that Vinny is right. Nikola Jokic will play because that's what Nikola Jokic does. Uh, he doesn't really like to sit out games. If he's not seriously hurt, he took one day off to be sore. If and, it's at all uncertain, don't play is, him tonight and play him I Sunday. agree. Uh, yeah, uh, that's what the Nuggets probably should do. We'll see what they will do. We'll keep uh, on track of that for you. Of course, the game tonight at 7 p.m. It tips off. We'll get more into the preview for the specific game a little bit later. But an interesting story making the rounds. ESPN made a suggestion that the Denver Broncos might be able to move up in the draft. Not a little, but a lot. And it would take one of their significant players in order to do it. Sandy and I maybe disagree on whether they should, although we could also argue in whether it's even remotely possible. We'll talk about the Broncos, quarterbacks, and Pat Sertan when we get back on Miley Sports. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sandy Cuff and Chantro Tar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. As the Denver Broncos try to find their next franchise quarterback, article over at ESPN today and made arguments as what the Broncos could do to trade up and maybe even get Caleb Williams. And they suggested that it might be the case to do it. It would cost second and third round picks in 2025. They're number 12 to in this draft, of course. Well, yeah. And it'd be a Lawrence Welk deal, a one, one and a two, two a three. three. And, and they <laughs> already did that uh, 43 years ago for one Matt Robinson. Actually, it was 44 years ago after the 79 season, uh, because Matt Robinson impressed the otherwise estimable Robert Red Miller, the head coach, and the Jets with Matt Robinson, a quarterback, beat the Broncos out of a ball game in 1978. 
and the Broncos were otherwise a 10-5 and five football team that year. That was the first year of the 16-game schedule. And Red loved Imsa Matt Robinson at that point. Matt Robinson was Richard Todd's backup, and he had one good game in Denver, and that convinced sort of Matt Red situation. to talk Fred Gerke into trading a first, a second, and a third for Matt Robinson, who started a few games here, was quickly replaced by Craig Morton, who was always replacing guys who were supposed to start. And they swapped backup quarterbacks in that as well. If you think of Robinson as a backup, Craig Penrose, the backup, uh, also went in that deal to the the Jets. Right. Uh, Robinson did start those first oh, seven games, wild. but they went four and three. Well, and... they were terrible. He was, was terrible. It? He had he had one good game, I think, against Dallas. Went real good game, but was otherwise replaced by Morton uh, here and there. And I think there was a game uh, in there, and this would have been 1980. It was 1980. Yeah. 1980. Correct. Uh, there was a, a, a game in there in which uh, uh, he did – play well and i think it was the dallas game if memory serves but in any case they gave up way too much for him uh red's uh, conviction regarding craig morton was absolute 1977 uh, they had a billion quarterbacks in camp including steve spurrier right and in red miller's mind and this this came to mind years later when the Broncos had a supposed quarterback competition in camp that really wasn't right, involving Paxton Lynch when they knew darn well who the starter was going to be all along and it wasn't going to be Paxton Lynch. It was a total farce. It was Trevor Simeon, not Paxton Lynch. And I'm not talking about uh, 2016 here. I'm talking about 2017. Right. When they had that phony quarterback competition. Um, Red was convinced that Morton was going to be his guy. After that year, just about every one of Red's last three years, in fact, I would argue every one of Red's last three years, at least in training camp, he was looking to replace Craig Morton at quarterback. Put it this way. if It's a fun little thought exercise, right? And I would say that even though I do have questions because I – question Caleb Williams 2023 season I did not question his 2022 season but I do have questions about the 2023 season and I'm not entirely convinced that he's the generational Andrew Luck type quarterback that a year ago people were thinking I'm not either that said if it really only cost you a future second a third swapping your first round picks and Pat Sertan I'd do it in a heartbeat because this is a quarterback desperate league I'd do it too but here's the thing the Bears are never, never going to do that. The Bears that. Uh, may not, at this point anyway, be actively shopping a pick, but I think they're open for business regarding the pick. They will get a lot more, a lot more. Who? I mean, even than at, a swapping of picks and a second and third for next year, they get a Caleb, lot. More Caleb Caleb Williams, even after a a 2023 season in which uh, he certainly dropped in the eyes of a few. Still considered a very good NFL prospect, but maybe not that generational guy. But nobody has ever, ever, ever wavered. I, I'm sorry, I misspoke. I, I they'll get a lot more for the number one pick. Correct. Then right, but that they no one has wavered that Caleb Williams is going to be the number one pick. Nobody, nobody. I mean, ever it's never moved, even with a drop off from last year to this year. And look, here's what the 
when you look at what the Panthers traded last year to move up to get Bryce Young. And Bryce Young was not considered the prospect that Caleb Williams is even now, let alone the 2022. No. No, he really was. The Panthers gave up the number nine pick. Yeah. The number 61 pick in the current draft. Their first rounder in 2024. Their second rounder in 2025. And DJ Moore, who's one of the best (laughs) younger receivers in the league, to move up eight picks. So that's a first rounder, a second rounder. Their other their own first rounder to pick swap and another second rounder at 61. So they gave right. up basically two firsts, right. two seconds, yeah. and DJ Moore to move up eight spots for a right. lesser caliber prospect. And you think the Broncos could move from 12 to 1 with Sertan, a pick swap in the first round, and future second and third? Get out of here. Yeah. No chance. No, the, the Bears would I mean, never, Broncos ever make should that do deal. it in a second because it's worth the gamble. The point, it will never the point was made today. The Chicago Bears, under Matt Eberflus, defensive-minded head coach, play primarily zone. They have another cornerback who's pretty good. His name is Jalen Johnson. Now, he's not Patrick Satan. He's not as good as Satan, but he is a top-level corner. They're honestly... Talk about two astronauts without a space program. <laughs> they're going to pay top dollar for two corners when they're in zone most of the time. When you're in zone, you can you, you don't have to have two top flight corners. Sir, if you think that Sertan is one of the top five corners in the league as a technician, probably that's true. I think so. I yeah. think as a playmaker, he's far outside the top five, but, but that's, that's, that's me. There's no way that a team that I assume will continue to play primarily zone and coverage is, is going to say, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll take Pat, uh, Patrick Satan. And (laughs) when they can get so much more, yeah, they can get so much more. And it's uh, from, from the Bronco point of view. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably do it. I probably sure. do it. it for the two picks next year. It would at least situate you for 2025 in a position to uh, once again get back into the drafting business, mm-hmm. which they haven't been in for some time now. Right, and, and and I think that's the idea that that you know maybe the temptation would be there, but it, it, it's it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. But, and, and you know George Payton's power has been considerably diminished, but uh, you know George Payton would be kicking and screaming on that one if they I mean, ever, you, ever traded his guy to the first pick he ever made and probably, unfortunately, now looking back because of Javante Williams' injury, it probably is the best pick that he's ever made. Um, I, I think Sertan's a little overrated because he doesn't make the game-changing plays, but I, I think that would be one of those kicking and screaming uh, deals. Uh, would Peyton do it? Yeah. Would and I'm not saying sure. he'd be wrong to do it. No, I don't think so. But it, it you have to understand, Broncos. I'm talking fans, Sean Payton. Not yeah, sure. this isn't realistic, and it, it is sort of indicative as where the Broncos are because we've talked about this a little earlier that the the team to one extent, but the fan base to another is grasping at straws. The idea is that we talked about how earlier. Michael Pratt of Tulane, who I would say most Broncos fans probably have never heard of prior to today, with all due respect to Mr. Pratt, has already talked to the Broncos on multiple occasions and 
in a late round mock draft. And of course, you know, mock drafts are dime a dozen with all due respect for the most part. Some are better than others and Brugler's is better than others, but we're talking about February 2nd. It's pretty early yeah. in the process. And they have the Broncos picking what is it, almost three months. Right. Joe Milton in, in the sixth. In the sixth round. If you're picking a day three quarterback, whether it's in the fourth or the sixth or the seventh, you don't have that person as a long-term starter. Of course That not. is that you're throwing not. a dart. Even as a backup, you're throwing a dart. And, and you, yeah, quite frankly. Even as a backup, you, are. you really are. And it's not going to solve it. The Broncos are not going to walk away with Caleb Williams unless they were to come up with something phenomenal. And the truth of the matter is without a current second-round pick, I don't think they can even make the discussion. So they're not getting Caleb Williams. They're not getting Drake May. They're almost certainly, unless his medicals come back sketchy, not getting Jaden Daniels. I think good. I, th- I even have some converse. They may I, I'm not converting anybody, but I'm saying that there are people who think that Daniels will I'm be better not only than May, but maybe better than Williams, I too. I definitely think he'll be better than May. I, if it was me and I'm ranking the quarterbacks, I have Daniels ahead of May for whatever that's worth. But I definitely have him ahead of May. Yeah, I do too. And I, 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 I've seen them both. I've seen Williams in person. I have not seen Daniels in person. I've seen Williams multiple times in person. I, if for me, I take Daniels. I think he is more of the prototype of the modern day quarterback because he can hurt you with his legs. Um, you know, Williams isn't immobile, but man, I, I watched him against CU. He had seven or eight, nine, ten he seconds to throw. He and yeah, he really, moved around a yeah. little bit, but he's I mean, not he's not going to gonna have that kind of time in the NFL. He's not looking on to a run. bad team, no. And that's one of the things hard to evaluate because yes, I mean at times, yeah, the game against CU and Boulder, I we could have. You know, I mean, you and I could have played quarterback and put forty pitched on CU. a tent and set up a fire pit and started roasting Danny marshmallows. Bailey certainly could have played yeah, quarterback. Well, that day for then USC you know, and tall, put 40 and he's on got CU. That, that long arms, you know. Yeah, so he has massive advantages, but he, he could have put up a few. But yeah, I mean, I think it's for the Broncos fans. Long, have, tall, and handsome. Right. You have to move over the the idea that you're getting Drake May or Jaden Daniels or Caleb. You're, you're not, not. They're not going to be in a Denver Broncos not. uniform. Michael Pratt, sure. If you want him, you'll definitely get your cracks at him because yeah. every team in the league is going to pass on him at least three times. Uh, at Joe least Milton, times. probably the same thing. That's why. When you, you get hit from this sort of silly season, when you have teams that are desperate for quarterbacks, you start finding a bunch of bunch of situations where they look at and say, well, maybe if they could do this, well, maybe if they could do this. That's fine for entertainment purposes, but don't take it seriously because it's not happening. Your quarterbacks for the Denver Broncos next year are going to be, in order of whom I think is realistic, Jameis Winston, Ryan Tannehill, Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix, or some other former starting quarterback that is now bouncing around as a backup. And that's it. And it's starting to look, based on only, even though it's early in the process, with what we know at the Senior Bowl, that even Penix and Nix probably aren't even into the discussion because the Broncos apparently aren't talking to them that much. We know they're talking to Pratt because Pratt's more than happy to tell everybody he's been talking to the Broncos. Now, <laughs> if I'm Pratt's agent, I'm like, yes, tell everybody, tell everybody. the teams want you. Yes. They want to take you in the and, first and round. remember, that's part of the game, too. So it's possible the Broncos are talking with with 
Dixon Penix, but again, Possibly. those guys are considered to be borderline first-round picks. Well, yes. Wouldn't their agents also yeah. be telling Nixon Penix floating? Yeah. Everyone knows that Ever Broncos need a quarterback in pick 12, So, but the second the Broncos call you, go tell everybody because that's going to up your potential right. Right. of where you're going to be drafted. So the fact that we're not hearing out of the Knicks or Penix camps, we are hearing out of the Pratt camp, such as it is, maybe a camp of one or two, but it tells you the Broncos aren't going to go that route. Sean Payton is going to do what Sean Payton does. Sean Payton has started a rookie quarterback in his career for one game. One. Ever. In 275 as a head coach, playoffs in regular regular season. One. We know that Sean Payton is a guy that is comfortable getting guys he already knows, guys he wants to work with. That includes in the front office and on the field and on the sidelines as coaching staff. Sean Payton likes familiarity. Yep. He likes people that already do the things he wants them to do the way he wants them to do it. And everything indicates that he's not going to immediately hand the reins over to a rookie quarterback. So I look at it, the idea of a Pratt or a Milton and say, that actually would be an MO for Sean Payton because Okay, if they happen to blossom, cool, and Sean Payton could take the credit for it for his coaching, but he doesn't have to play them because they're fourth or sixth rounders. Exactly. There's no pressure to play exactly. them, and so he doesn't have to play them. So, sure, you can pick a Pratt or a Milton because if they happen to ever play, cool. But if, and you get the credit for that because you could let pick this low-round guy. And you get no guy, blame for and, taking and no the guy blame. in the fourth, fifth, sixth No, round. and if they don't pan out, oh, well, he's a low-rounder. It's a yeah. gamble anyway. But if you pick a guy 12th. Day three. No pressure. Or you trade down and you pick him, let's say, 20, 23rd or 24th. you got to play him. You and if sure he fails, do. you know who gets blamed? If you play him. Sean Payton. If you don't play a quarterback you draft in this situation in the first round, you know, heck, the Broncos felt pressure to play Paxton Lynch in 2016. I mean, let, let's be honest here. And actually, you know what? His best camp relative to the competition was not 18. Yeah. It, Certainly wasn't. No, it 17. was his first. It was his first year. It was his that first. That was the best chance he had to win the job because the story of that camp was that Mark Sanchez flamed out. Right, which surprised people for some reason. I told everybody that that wasn't going to work, but anyway. Uh, I was hosting a show with Brandon Stokely at that time. Right. And the day they made the move to get Mark Sanchez, we both laughed out. <laughs> right. Like you, and you didn't know, stop you know for a this while. isn't going to work. I, I mean, mean this is their idea of a solution. Yeah. And we came to know, or I came to know, later on that, well, you know, uh, <laughs> Mark Sanchez is not the veteran quarterback they really wanted. The veteran quarterback they really wanted was A.J. McCarron, yes. who played brilliantly against them in the 2015 season. So but, for the Broncos, this yeah. is, it, it's all, put it this way. Sean Cincinnati Payton. Cincinnati wanted a first. I will give Sean McCarron. Payton credit for this. And I mean this with no sarcasm whatsoever he is consistent that's not a bad thing now the consistency has to be successful but sean payton is consistent sean payton wants to be sure that if the quarterback plays well it's because of sean payton's coaching if the quarterback didn't play well well it's because he was a long shot anyway if the the but if you have a guy picked in the top 12 or the first round, you have to play him immediately because, look, if Bo Nix or Michael Penix can't beat Jared Stidham out for the job in, immediately, then you already made the wrong pick. Right. Right. And so this is too much of a risk. Well, they listen, won't do I, it. I know of, and let's see if I can align them properly, at least 
four Bronco quarterbacks who have been better analysts slash coaches than they were quarterbacks. Brian Greasy, Chris Brian Sims. Greasy. Uh, Chris Sims I hadn't thought of, so maybe that's five. Okay. Greasy, Sims, Tebow, Osweiler, Sanchez. All better analysts slash coaches than they were quarterbacks. All yeah, five. You're right. T- tell me one you're right. out of those five you're right. who was a better quarterback than he was. And Tebow, an by the way. Or a coach. And I say coach because Greasy is now the quarterback's coach of the San Francisco 49ers, the current NFC champion. Right. Unless he gets hired away as an offensive coordinator, which is well, a distinct might, possibility. That's right? where he is now. Right. And I'm saying he's a better coach and he was a better analyst than he was a quarterback. Same with Sims, who I'd forgotten about, and uh, definitely true with Sanchez. We were at Sanchez this year on a Bronco game. He, he I was, thought he was, he was great. He was great. I thought, I thought, thought so, too. I thought he was really good. Uh, Tebow, uh, at least on the college scene, really, I thought he much was, better analyst yeah. than he was a pro quarterback. Not a college player. Not a college quarterback, college but a pro, right. pro college. Right. A pro quarterback. And uh, Osweiler, who did one of the CU games, I thought he was great. The, I thought he was great. And keep in mind, we're talking about Brian Greasy is the winningest quarterback that the Denver Broncos have ever drafted. Yeah, and t- Tim Tebow is the only quarterback the Broncos have ever drafted that has started and won a playoff game. Correct. A yikes. Well, the quarterback uh, carousel keeps spinning. The Denver Broncos really aren't kind of on it, at least until it goes around a second time. That's the reality of it. The Nuggets will take on the Trailblazers tonight. We'll check in. On the latest on Nikola Jokic, take a look at not only this game, but the game on Sunday. We'll do that next on My Life Sports. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. We will get to the Denver Nuggets in a moment, but as another trade potential target for the Avalanche moves on the Winnipeg Jets, added center Sean Monahan, considered maybe the next best center option on the trade market. Montreal got a 2024 first rounder and a conditional third. Good for, for Monahan. Monahan is great a great deal for Montreal. Uh, as a rental, I. That's too much. I wouldn't. I if I were the Avs, I wouldn't have even. Winnipeg that. is desperate because other than Shifley, they don't have a center. Okay, Correct. they're they're more like desperate than the Avalanche. Center, right? They're more desperate than the Avalanche are uh, for for center play. Now, but I, you were I, talking I say that. about in Lindholm. Winnipeg's riding uh, riding a wave right now, seventeen four and three in the last twenty four games. Uh, they're they're one of the teams that's improved the most from let's say the first third or almost first third of the season through the almost second third of the season. They, 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 and they're going for it. Vancouver was yeah. going for it when they traded for Lindholm. They're going for it in Winnipeg. They don't care about the first-round pick next year. They don't care about the conditional pick in 27. Uh, they don't even care that 
one of the 10 worst defensive forwards in the league is Sean Monahan. Only 14 forwards have been on ice for more expected goals against for 60 minutes this year than Sean Monahan, and that doesn't make him the 15th worst defensive forward in the league. It probably makes him, considering the ice time he gets, one of the 10 worst uh, forwards, uh, if not one of the five worst defensive forwards in the league. But there, you know, five on five, he's bad. His play driving numbers are brutal. His expected goal percentage of forty four point zero two is awful. Doesn't check. Has a history of being hurt. Uh, but I it's get a it. weak trade market. The Avs need a backup goaltender yeah. more. Let Winnipeg have Sean Winnipeg. Monahan. Look, Winnipeg is winning on offense. Their plus thirty nine goal differential is the second best in the and entire yeah in the entire uh, conference. And so they're okay with accepting the defensive issues because they're just gonna, they're out there to just try to outscore teams, knowing that you have, you have they, they've got a at. great goaltender. And so uh, yeah. I get it. But for the Avs, too rich. Uh, it's it's yeah, not a move much you make. too much. Both a Lindholm, who was added by the Canucks, who now lead the Pacific. You think and, Ryan Johansson is bad defensively? You haven't get gotten a load of Sean Monahan. Right. Worse. And so I uh, both of those guys free agents at the end of the year for rentals. That's too much. It, it, it's a little bit like we talked about with the Nuggets. The Avs need a backup goaltender that Jared Bednar can trust. Did I say Sean Johansson? No, you said, you said Brian Johansson. Okay. Yeah, you got it right. All right. But the, the, the Avalanche don't really have significant holes. No, they don't. They really they, don't. They need a backup goaltender because right. Georgiev can't play as many games as he has been playing so far. Is, He's been playing more than 80% of the games. That's too There's much. actually a glut of those guys that are going to be available. So for the Avs, it's actually worth waiting a little bit and having some sure. of the sellers get a little desperate for getting anything, and then the Avs kind of pick up the scraps right. because you're looking for a backup. So I think that's where they'll take a peek. But uh, Monaghan does go to the Winnipeg Jets, who, by the way, uh, now at the All-Star break, Still two games a hand on the Avs, but now two points Higher back. point percentage. Right. But, higher point percentage. But, the, the but gap, they're one of only three teams with a higher point percentage than the Avs have yep. at the present And they've time. lost three in a row. So we'll see what they do when they incorporate Man- Monaghan uh, on the way back. Uh, I think we'll forgive them for losing three in a row since they're, even with the three losses in a row, 17-4-3. Uh, yeah. In the last. No, still pretty. 24 games. Pretty good. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> That's okay. You'll take that. Uh, it, 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 actually, if you look at the league, the first third of the year, the second third of the year, the teams that have dropped off are the Kings, who just fired their coach today, Todd McClellan, and the Rangers, uh, the team that's obviously been the hottest and improved the most, first third to second third of the year, Edmonton, they won 16 straight games. And the steadiest teams have been in this order, Dallas, Carolina, St. Louis, and the Colorado Avalanche. The Denver Nuggets, of course, take on the uh... – Portland Trailblazers, they'll play them tonight and they'll play them Sunday. Vinny Benedetto was on just uh, about almost an hour ago, but uh, since then, Nikola Jokic is uh, available. He's a game-time decision, it appears, but only about uh, six, seven minutes ago, he was out there uh, taking shots and working. I suspect if he's out there on shoot-around, given the fact that the Nuggets complaints led to an investigation in the way the (laughs) the, uh, Sixers handled things that led to their $75,000 fine, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that if Jokic is out there taking shots, he's, he's probably, probably going to playing play. because you're not going to. No, he's not going to play 40 there. minutes tonight. No, but he is probably playing. Uh, that's a good sign for the Nuggets to have him back. I'd say it's a very good sign, and you play him 30, 35 minutes. You start him, of course. You play him 30, 35 minutes. No matter what kind of game it is, you have to resist the temptation to play him more, even if it's close. And, of course, uh, you know, you got Portland again on Sunday. You got a day in between. Uh, formed a rest, and uh, 
I, I don't think the injury is serious as Vinny suggested. It's been kind of he a just basically minor just deal a sore all year. back. It's been it's stiff, just a sore. And, and they wrap it when he's yeah. you know they kind of yeah. keep it warm. So uh, you um, know, just don't play him forty minutes, right? And hopefully you won't need to. Uh, Michael Malone did take a moment in in pregame to point out, and he talked about the perceived sort of snub of Jamal Murray, who did not make the All Star game, and not a total surprise because the. Oh, it's I don't less think about it's a surprise at all. It's less about Murray and more about the fact that the West Conference is stacked. But Malone said, "quote He did a off? lot of things in the playoffs that a lot of All Stars were never do." Well, it's true, including you know, we, and that's more important. And it is, that's and and uh, I, I think it does matter to Murray. I understand that, but I mean, it, he's hardly the only snub, and he's hardly the only snub. Well, who the, are you going to leave off in the West? Who are you going to leave off in the West among the guards? Who are you going to leave off? Yeah, and and. Uh, Replace that person with Jamal Murray on the All-Star team. Well, think, There's nobody. Look. There's nobody. De'Aaron Fox of the Kings has averaged 27.2 he, a game. He's great. And how about this? He's great. Demata Sabonis didn't make it either. And, they, 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 well, nobody yes. on the Kings made it. Yes. Fox, yes. And, Fox and Sabonis both yes. got snubbed. Yes. And you know what? I know nobody yes. wants to see him play in an All-Star game, but you can talk about the Rudy Gobert didn't make it. Yeah. Minnesota's leading the yeah. West. Yeah. And I, he's their center. Uh, and and Towns really is more of a forward this year. And Gobert has had a ton of double-doubles. He's played very well. They're the best team in the West uh, by at least a couple of games. And I, I'm I, I'm sorry. I don't I, – I, this whole snubbing business, it isn't a real game, folks, right. first of all. And I know it's a nice honor to get selected, but I'd rather have a guy who plays better in the playoffs than he does in the regular season, or uh, it shows more spectacular moves uh, in, in an all-star game. If, if people are out there who do that, that's great. That's great for them. But if De'Aaron Fox can't make the all-star team, listen, Murray didn't play in November, and that's okay, right. too. It is. But that hurt his all-star chances. The minute he sat out the month of November, which is in the best interest of Murray, the best interest of the Nuggets, not in the best interest of Murray making the all-star team, it, it, the minute we found out that he was going to miss the month of November, basically, he was not going to make the All-Star team. Right. And he's probably not going to make the All-NBA team either. No. Because nobody makes the All-NBA team when you missed a month. Right. Nobody. Nobody. And so Joel Embiid will not make All-NBA this year. Right. And, and, and I think when you take a look at the If he doesn't catch, play any more games, he won't make it. Is it too bad that, that Murray isn't going to be an all-star? Yes. Does anyone question his all-star caliber, like Fox or like Sabonis? No. Uh, but not everyone can make it, and that's the way it that's goes right. sometimes. That's the way it goes. You it, can't have 25 people on the all-star. So it's just, it's just how it is. I, I don't think Murray got snubbed. I think everyone knows he's probably good enough. It's just there's only so many spaces, and and that's how it how it works. So. Uh, say la vie, but you know what? If he's a little upset about it, eh, go, go take it out on the Timberwolves and lighten the load on Nikola Jokic tonight. That'll work. <laughs> or at least on the Blazers. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, might, the Blazers. You might take it out on great, the Timberwolves, too. But they'll have to uh, wait until they play. They'll the, have to uh, wait until they play. Until they play They've the Timberwolves. They've only played once, though. Right. You can tell it's Friday, can't you, already? I mean, goodness gracious. You're looking to get out. Uh, it must be. I Yeah, well, I, next time you hear from me, I will be in Las Vegas next week covering uh, the Super Bowl. With yeah, them. look forward so, to that. Uh, looking forward to that. Now, have fun. Be in here, touching base with you as well. We'll go back and forth and hopefully bring some interviews that we can bring back to the show. Looking Absolutely. forward to all of that. So uh, enjoy your weekend. Apparently it's going to be a little snowy. Be patient out there with your friends on the highway. And, uh, you know, don't don't like hit them and be cool and be slow and all that sort of stuff. So if you can get out and enjoy the uh, Colorado winters, and always do that as well. There's nothing to rush. 
Yeah. Before. No. Right? No. See who's on the road. See how she's on the road. Yep. Nuggets are playing in just a couple Nuggets. hours, and then it'll be a Sunday. And playing have, Sunday, and, you know they'll have yeah. plowed the road, so don't sweat it. We want you back here on Monday the when we're back. So absolutely, it's been fun talking with you. Thanks to Vinny Benedetto from the Denver Gazette to join us, and we will be back on Monday for Danny Bailey, who's in the booth making everything work. He's Sandy Clough. I'm Sean Drotar. We're going to step aside, give a little room for the Denver Spotlight Show. They're next on Mile High Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. I saw the fire in your eyes I saw the fire when I look into your eyes You tell me things you want to try I don't teach you For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.